Hey everybody, welcome. It's Marissa with Lions on Leashes. And today we have Rosie Nerney. She is a menstrual cycle superpower teacher, a coach who guides women to know their bodies, connect with their soul, and lead with their heart. She's a holistic health coach of seven years and a successful direct sales business owner. Rosie is now expanding into the neurotransformation training to be able to help women long-standing mindset change and be able to move their life in the direction they truly want. Rosie is the mother of four young girls and the daughter of her favorite female who was unfortunately diagnosed at 48 and is in the final stages of early onset dementia. It's very sad. Understanding firsthand the impact of losing someone you love to a lifestyle-induced disease Rosie's mission is to help more women choose themselves first, not only for their sake, but for the sake of the people they love. She has a membership called the Female Foundations. It is a monthly membership for women to learn about and truly understand their female cycle, how it's guiding their everyday life, and how to live in alignment with it. Doors are open again at the end of April. The link to drop your email on the waitlist is on her website at rosynerney.com. You could also follow Rosie on Instagram at rosynerney, and she's on Facebook as well. Rosie is incredible. She said one of her biggest fears is being the same person she is today, five years from now, really embracing evolving. And I really thought that was super powerful. Like I mentioned, her mother was unfortunately diagnosed with early onset dementia. And during the interview, Rosie said, yes, I'm a woman, but I'm also a child to a mother. So when she does coaching, she, she speaks to the mothers in the room that losing her mother was preventable. She said her mother had horrific periods and just thought it was normal. And I totally understand that. When I'm healed over in cramps, I just think that's just part of being a woman. But then she was like, it was clearly signs of dementia and it's our bodies warning us that something is wrong. So we really, and this, I took this as such a big takeaway. We really need to listen to our bodies and we really need to pay attention to what it's trying to tell us. We talk about grace. We don't give ourselves grace. So let's say 80% of the time we choose a healthy lifestyle. And this is just an example. The remaining 20, yeah. Maybe you're not really eating healthy, but that's okay. To the listeners who are very hard on themselves, I am speaking to you and I am speaking to myself. It is okay to give yourself grace. I'm going to say that one more time. Close your eyes and say it with me. It is okay to give yourself grace. We had a Q&A session given from questions of listeners about your menstrual cycle, non-hormonal birth control. She shared some really great resources. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Lions on Leashes podcast wherever you get your podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Lions on Leashes to be a part of the community and to find out firsthand who was on the podcast before each episode airs that week. Just like people like Rosie, we love talking to Rosie. Now, with that said, let's get this episode started. So you've Um, been to New York? Yeah, I was there in 2017. Nice. We weren't there for long. We were only there for like 10 days, but we did a fair bit in that time and I loved it. I, I came over there with, like, we brought our kids over there. I would not bring my children over there again. It's definitely an adult town city 
and I would have been able to do so much more if we didn't have the kids with us. But, um, yeah, it was, I loved it. Just the energy, just the, there's just always something going on every corner you turn. There's just always something. It's, it's like, it's alive. It's like, it's a human. What was something about New York that you didn't expect going into it? That it doesn't stop. Like, Everywhere we'd go, like even when we went and got on the subway, there was like we'd walk out, oh, someone's playing like a saxophone. We'd get up and we'd go up the stairs, walk out on the street, oh, someone's doing something out there. Like there was just always someone doing something like where wherever we turned, there was like entertainers and artists and stuff like that. And it was just like I didn't expect it to be as like the movies as what the movies make it out to be. So, you know, like constant noise and (laughs) I was like, oh, surely it gets a little bit quiet. We stayed in Manhattan and we're, I think we were on 10th Avenue in an apartment there. And, yeah, it was just like we'd lie in bed and I was like, oh, it's just like it is on the movies, like with the sirens. and <laughs> It's literally the city that never sleeps. Just like yeah, not yeah, just that. totally. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Yeah, we, um, we ran into the set of Law and Order when they were filming. So that was cool. One of the things, though, I I actually had a question about New York before I get into your story, since we're already talking about it. You obviously are, you know, a holistic health coach and you're a therapy practitioner. And I am going to get to ask you how you got to where you are today. But since we're on Mm -hmm. the topic of New York, you know, I've been in New York my entire life. I've lived in near New York. I lived in upstate. I'm still upstate. My family lives in Long Island. I'm the only one who's ever moved away from home outside of New York City. Yeah. And every time I go to New York City, and I think I've really noticed this as an adult for like the past 10 years, is that every time I go to New York or the tri-state area and there's a couple sitting at the bar and you hear all the dishes and the silverware and all that, I always hear, and I mentioned this to someone in the moment as well, and I'm curious what your take is on this. Every single time I'm sitting somewhere, there's a couple or two people talking about the meaning of life. Mm. every single time, whether it's about God or just the meaning of life. And I pointed it what out. What am to I someone. doing here? Yeah. Exactly. Every single time in that context. So I re- I finally said it to someone. I said, do you hear this? I hear this every single time. And they said, because of Manhattan, you work to live. And mm. it was like, wow. Like it really, I take it for granted because you'd be like, Let's go to the city today. Like, you know, oh, it's on a whim or I dare you to drive mm-hmm. to the city right now. Everyone's like, yeah. But for someone in, with your expertise, discarding the person's answer, like, what do you what do you think about that? Why do you think that people in Manhattan constantly questioned the meaning of life? It's, it's a really good question. And I guess it would be my opinion, I guess, is that you go through like life is set up very structured by the system that we're born into right so it's you go you go to school then you go to college over in Australia we call it university you get your degree then you go have your job then you get married and you have a house and blah 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 like it's very the system if you actually sit back and go okay what is the system of life how is it set up it's very structured um, the path that they want humans to travel on right and I think it, when you do that for a while, like I know myself personally, I checked a lot of boxes off very quickly and you get to a certain point and you're just like, is this really it? 
like, is this it? I'm just going to grind. I'm just going to go to work and go back every single day. And the majority of people don't like what they do. And so just living in this, humans, humans aren't supposed to be unhappy every day. It's not, we're not designed for that. We're designed to be like thriving every single day. And, well, you know, maybe not every single day, but 90% of the time we're supposed to be feeling really good. And I would say 90% of the time people don't. And so you hit this point after you, I think you've got to do all the things that everyone tells you to do for a certain period of time before you hit that point and you're just like, this isn't enough. Like I know that I'm, you just have this, it's, it's your intuition, it's your, your soul, your higher self, whatever you want to call it. It's that inner voice just saying to you, you know, you're made for more, come on. And that, that niggle, that voice will, will get louder and louder to the point where you just, you're sitting at a bar one day and you're like, what am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing here? Is this what I want to do? Because most of the time we're not, even as children, we're not, no one ever asked the question, what do you, what do you, what do you want? What lights you up? What, what makes you get lost in time? It's always, so what are you going to do? What career are you going to have? And you like have to have this answer, your little brain that isn't even developed <laughs> in your teenage years. And they're pumping these questions onto you. And so you just go, oh, well, I need to find something. And then I find most people that I work with, it's, it's very rare that someone in their 20s will have the epiphany. It's happening a little, little bit more, but it's more towards once people get closer to 30. Definitely a lot of people, it's it's definitely very common once people are in their 40s they get to the point of what am I doing here because you you checked off a lot of boxes quickly from what society said right like you've mentioned on you've mentioned on your podcast that you got married had kids right like date you know dated for three years right like you said like you checked all of the boxes do you think that people are afraid to make a change like you did because of shame absolutely hands down I was like, I, I asked one of my favorite questions to ask people is what is the thing that scares you the most? Like if it were to happen, you would, you would be so mortified. You would wake up the next day and you would know that everyone in your life would know that that had happened to you. Like, what is the thing that that scares you the most? And for me, it was being divorced. It was being a single mum. I came from a broken family and I was so determined that that wasn't going to be my path. And yeah, I I rem- I can still remember realizing that the only way for me to take care of myself and my children was to be on my own. And it was coming to terms with that was like a death. It was it was who I thought I was, everything I thought my life was going to be, the plan that I had, it had to die. And the feeling I was so scared of being judged. And because too, I had judged other people. If I, if there were single mums, I was like, you know, why couldn't you make it work? I was so judgmental. It was terrible. <laughs> I look back at that version of me now and I'm like, oh, so glad I evolved past that. Hmm. Yeah. It's just you, the scare, when that scariest thing happens and you survive it and you get through it and life on the other side is really good it gives you this element of fearlessness because if you can have something that scares you so much die 
and you survive and then life's actually better, it's like, hmm, what else can I do? So I actually think when people are going through really big traumas like that, it's horrible going through it. But if they can focus on getting through it and focus on just letting go rather than trying to grasp and hold on, that's when those questions of, well, if I'm not this, who am I? You can start exploring them and then just, I say to everyone, just follow the breadcrumbs, just keep following the breadcrumbs and you'll get led to what truly lights you up. One of the things that my mother told me once was you, when it comes to shame in that aspect, eventually everyone gets over it. You're the only one who cares. And the people yeah. who are in your circle who love you, you're not even going to feel shame. You're going to feel support. Yeah, totally. So totally. I'm like, but- I have to remember that people will get over it. And I think yeah. about that from the outside. Like, let's say like, um, a, like, a, like your aunt or uncle that got divorced and they've been remarried for 30 years, you know, for 30 years to another spouse. No one cares. Yeah. Right. Like there's that constant shame that we play in our heads because we're on a spotlight. Yeah. And it's so hard, you know, it's it's hard to think about going through, but then when you go through it, you're like, so worth it. It's oh, so worth totally. It. And like honestly, I look back at that period of my life now and I'm just like, for every single bit of pain, for every single element of it, I'm like, I am so grateful for every single bit of it because what I have learned from it, how much it humbled me, how much it put it like, I had to totally check myself. I had to go, is this who you want to be? Someone that judges someone for having to like, for choosing this when, you know, whatever situation they're in, like it made me, I got a lot of my out of me. So from other people's opinions, what they thought of me. And so from that was the point where I was like, I had to decide who I was. And the only person that needed to be okay with that was me. And so now, like even now, I like as a little girl, I never dreamed of growing up and saying, oh, yes, I'm married, been married twice, four kids, two different dads, you know, like, like I just like I say that and I'm like, well, I remember the first time I started saying that I was just like, oh, this is so not what the plan. It's not how it was supposed to go. And the more I say it now, I'm just like, it is what it is. Your circumstances are not you. They're just stuff that goes on around you, right? And it doesn't define you. No, not yeah. at all. Not at all. And I had to go through everything that I've gone through to really kind of grasp that. And I've got a really good radar now for when people judging and when they're genuine. You can just tell by the, the tone of their voice, the movements on their face, their body language. It's just, oh, yeah, and I'm so Screw those glad. people I'm just, though, Rosie. Yeah. Like F but, them. <laughs> you don't oh, need that. I'm just you don't I'm need so that. glad that I've evolved part. But honestly, I look at them now because that's where I was at one point in my life. And I look at them and I'm like, shit, you're still there. You're still in that place that I was in my twenties, and they might be in their forties. And I'm like, I how how blessed am I to have evolved past that in my twenties? Because some people live like that until they're 40 or 50 and they just get stuck in these shackles and they never evolve past it. So for me, I'm just like, it's just a reminder. Anytime I'm around someone like that, keep evolving, keep evolving, keep growing, keep working on yourself because you don't like one of my fears is to be the same person I am today in five years time. And I really like who I am now. (laughs) Like I think I'm a good person and I'm proud of who I am, but I'm, I'm not here to, to stay the same. 
I'm here to evolve. I'm here to change. And I, I think the world would be a much better place if everyone took that approach. I've told myself, like, I got laid off when a company-wide layoff at, you know, in your early 20s. I've had a, you know, not healthy long-term relationship that you thought was going to be the love of your life and that beginning love keeps you and justifies you and there for, you know, however long. And I, I envy flighters because they get out of things real quick when they know that it's not working, but I'm a fighter. I'll fight for years to the death until finally there's nothing left. And then I have tons of wrinkles to show for it. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I said to myself and I'm, I'm married and, you know, but there's things in, in life and milestones that I've had and marriage is a choice. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, you know, even with divorce too, cause you're, you're choosing to be together. Right. Yeah if you check off every different type of milestone, negative or positive, it's okay. That's supposed, that's meant to be your choice. I don't believe in like everyone's path is made for them. I think people make choices in which decision, like, you know, decisions guide you, but I'm like, you know what, Marissa, you may be one of the people that every single different type of lifestyle milestone, whether it's a divorce or for whatever reason, or not like a layoff, like I had, or, you know, you're packing your bags at your exes at two in the morning. Cause that was the final straw or something with children or whatever the case may be. You might have be one of those people who gets all of those milestones and gets the check mm. off of the experience, but it's, it's going to make you a wiser person later and look how much you've already learned oh, by, by what you have today. So yeah, totally. And I think just, just remember, it's hard when you're in it to go, oh, I'm going to be so much wiser and learn from this one day because when you're in it, you're like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But just to remember or even just I used to, when I was getting myself out of my first marriage, I had post-it notes with affirmations just written on them, just reminding me of who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go because my self-esteem was just like so, so, so low. And I had to have reminders around me where I could see them of who I wanted to be of how I wanted to feel and of where I wanted to go and every time I saw them it just helped to keep me on track and that's something that I I really do recommend to people I I think you've everyone's got to find their thing but affirmations are really beneficial for me so I would stick them in my car I would stick them like on the visor on my steering wheel yeah just because I want I I was in a space where I, I wanted that constant reminder to keep me on track and yeah I think it's really important for everyone to find their their thing I think that once because I read all the books in my past relationship I did everything I could but at the end of the day if you have to try to force yourself to remember why you're in it constantly tell people that's red flags if you're trying to convince yourself constantly through whether it was affirmations or reading a book and trying on your own and all of this stuff. If you're trying to convince yourself to train yourself to be there. Oh, totally. Just get out of it. Totally. You're just doing yeah, yourself yeah. a disservice by that point. And there's always like, there's always something better or that's going to serve you better around the corner. Like I, I explain it to people that our lives are like a sphere, right? Like a ball. And you can only fit so much in it before that sphere is full. You can't fit anything else in it. And so if you are in a miserable relationship or a miserable job or whatever it is that's like not making you happy and you do nothing 
to change it except whinge and complain and convince yourself and all that kind of stuff, you're not making space for anything new to come in, right? If that sphere is full, the only way you're going to get something new in is to take something out. So it's looking at the areas of your life that are not serving you and going, okay, well, this actually doesn't feel good. Doesn't make it hasn't for a long time. I want this is an area of my life that I want to feel good, so I have to make a choice. The, I love how you said the, the flighters because they just go see ya. <laughs> I'm such a fighter. I hate. Yeah. I hate it. I know some people who are flighters. I envy them so much. I really yeah. do. Because you already know. They're not trying to re like justify the inevitable and then something great happens and then it justifies you staying and then, you know, then it happened again. It's like you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And yeah, though, I feel like flighters just know that so much easier than I do, but I have to like prove something and then that's a whole nother layer. And it's like, well, if I can, you know, just fight to make it work, it, it would all happen. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. what are you doing? But it's just, you have to, have you read Rising Strong by Brene Brown? You know, every single person in the world has recommended that book to me. I have to read it. I have to read it. Okay. (laughs) Because that's like, if everyone has, that's like a knock, 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 knock. Listen, (laughs) it's amazing. And she talks, she talks about in it checking, reality checking the stories in your head. So you saying, I've got to prove something. It's like, well, okay, what's the story that's going on in my head right now? Because that's just a story that's saying that I have to prove something. But so I say like to my children, my older girls, because I talk about this stuff to them, I say to them, so I want you to think about being in a debating team at school. So my eldest loves to debate everything (laughs) in general. And so I will say, whatever the story is going on in your head, we're going to debate it. So one thing, one side will be for it and one side it'll be against it and I want you to see which side's true and as soon as we do that generally we don't even have to get into the debate like she'll just sit there and say oh yeah I am kind of making that up or oh yeah it probably is a bit silly and oh actually it isn't true mum it's just a story that I'm I'm making up but read Rising Strong I've read a lot of Brene's books and Braving the Wilderness was was my favorite of hers until I read Rising Strong Rising Strong is just, it is a phenomenal book that everyone should read, in my opinion. Have you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle? Yes, yes. Oh, I gave it to to someone as a gift for the holidays too, and it's just like, like. I, I burned through that in like four days. I just was like, yeah, I just read it so fast, so fast. It's also a reminder though that we, we, have these like you know I rely to Google about personal things just like Glennon Doyle did so for the listeners Glennon Doyle's husband was a father of her kids was cheating on her and she googled and I'm going off memory here you know how to stay with a a cheating husband that's a good dad and she's like oh I let Google decide the future of my life and she was like after that but she tried staying with him for so long and and things like that but it's so much more than that but that's the really start of her untamed mentality and then she fell in love with a woman and she's never been happier and you know they raise their kids mm-hmm. together and all these things but yeah she's really t- like that that book was incredible and I've given it to people like I've said but I want to talk about you so Rosie so you are a menstrual cycle super power teacher and you're also yes. a holistic health coach. 
And you have been for around, like you said, seven years. Seven years. So I want to hear your story about how you got where you are. Mm, Okay. It's a long one. I will condense it. So why did I look into health or get into health or want to? Basically, when I was 17, my mum started to get really sick and we didn't know why. And when I was 23, she was diagnosed with early onset dementia. So she was 48 when it started and she was four when she was diagnosed. So she had it for six years before she was diagnosed. If anyone has seen the movie uh, Still Alice, it's got Julianne Moore and Kristen Stewart in Stewart in it. That's basically what happened to my mum. I watched that movie after it and it was very, very confronting. But, yeah, that's basically what happened with my mum. And when she was diagnosed, she was because I was under the interpretation that dementia was lifestyle, uh, was hereditary. And they diagnosed her as lifestyle induced. And I was like, so what does that even mean? And they said, well, lifestyle induced is dependent on the choices you make. It means your lifestyle has induced the disease. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like I was so young. I just had no idea. And so that for me, she was an amazing mum. She was even like borderline annoying when, you know, when I had school carnivals and stuff like that on, she would be the mum that came dressed in my sport house colours, like cheering on the team. And she was one standing on the sideline, like yelling out and cheering. And I'd I'd be like, mum, just like stop. She made our Christmases magical and birthdays magical. And so I just, losing her has been the greatest loss in my entire life. Uh, She's still alive where it's like a very, very slow death. The grieving process is horrific. And so finding that out, I was like, well, I don't want that to happen to me. I just had my first baby. I was like, I don't, I don't want my kids having to go through this. So then I was just like on a mission. I was like, I need to figure out everything that I, that there possibly is about what makes your brain die what what triggers this and so that sent me on the path so I was like a very intense researcher for a couple of years and then I was like when I found out more and more information about chemicals and toxins and big pharma and chemical companies and like just how we're basically manipulated and they know they know that they're causing all these things but they just keep making the products anyway I just got really really angry about it I was like I've got to tell people I was like well And then I looked into doing like training, going to like university and doing training. But I found out if you, if you're trained as like a nutritionist or a naturopath or anyone with like a degree, if you speak out, you can have your license pulled from you. So you can't practice. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, like my sister's a nurse and she with stuff that's obviously everything that's going on in the world at the moment. um, She has certain views about different things and she can't talk about it because she's but they've sent her a letter and said if you put anything on social media if you say anything about your personal opinions we will take your nursing registration from you so I was like well I don't want something restrictive that if I start talking about chemical companies and stuff like that that I'm going to do all this study and then not have a career so then I looked into coaching and I looked into the health coaching I followed a few people online that did it and I was like great I'll do that and so I did my training in health coaching and then I was just like on a mission to connect with as many people mainly women is who I work with as I can tell them about my story about losing my mum and how because a lot of people will talk from the space of well this happened to me 
but I can talk from the space of someone's children because I'm, yes, I'm a woman, but I'm also a child. I'm my mum's child. And so when I speak, I speak to the mums in the room and I say what it felt like to lose my mum and to know that losing her was preventable, 100% preventable. And the impact of that, like my kids don't have a grandma. I don't, you know, I can't, I've never had a coffee with my mum as a woman. I've never been able to pick up the phone and say, hey, mum, how old was I when I slept through? Because my kids are driving me mental. I need to sleep. You know, I've never been able to have those conversations. And knowing that the whole thing was preventable, just it drives me every single day to get the message out there and to help as many people as I can because yes I'm speaking on behalf of the women I'm a mother myself but I'm I'm there advocating for the children as well and so that's kind of what got me on the path and so I've been I've had a really successful business with doTERRA essential oils I don't know if you've heard of them but yeah so um yeah yeah so I had a I've got a really successful business with that as well um and I, it, it integrates with my coaching uh, because I'm teaching people about chemicals and so people want a replacement. So it just kind of like went in together. And just over the last 12 months, I've really, as I've learned more about uh, hormones and, you know, again, looking into the stuff that causes dementia because I'm always, always <laughs> wanting to know as much as I can, learning about how a woman's cycle, if PMS symptoms and, and that go unchecked, that it's a key factor for causing dementia. And my mom had horrific periods. She had absolutely horrendous cycles. And knowing what I know now about our hormones and your menstrual health and your menstrual cycle health, all of that kind of stuff, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this woman was an absolute, she was just walking candidate for dementia waiting to happen with like with everything, with her hormones, she bled, very, very heavily every single month. She had uh, shocking migraines every month. And I just thought it was normal, like, but she would spend nearly two days every month just in bed from these migraines that were triggered by her, by her periods. And now I know that that's your body saying, warning, 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 you need to help me. You need to address something with me. And if we don't, you know, a disease of some kind will eventually take over. So yeah, that's my, that's my health journey in a, in a nutshell, obviously I've gone through personal stuff as well, like getting married and divorced and having children, being a single mom. And that's all like meshed into it. But in relation to the the message and my mission, which is giving people choice, just saying you have a choice. Like right now you have a choice. One day you might not. So choose while you can and make it a, make it a choice that, you know, make it count. It's Make it something that you're going to look back at in 10 years time and say, I'm really glad I did that. Yeah, it just, yeah. yeah. Rosie, I am, first off, very, very sorry about your mom. My grandfather passed from Alzheimer's. And at the same time, my grandmother, his wife, is now living with dementia. And Mm. we're out to dinner and she'll look at my dad and go, where's Phil? Where's Phil? And he has to relive that over and over and over again. So I, I am sincerely, like, just... Oh, my heart just, but I, I yeah. feel you. I hear you. So yeah, and you're very it's brave. A horrible disease. So thank you. Oh, thank you. So, but I will say this, that you, I pulled it up while you were talking that my sisters, my sisters are twins. They're also in scrubs. 
I'm the business girl. I'm the one who helps with yeah. the I'm, I'm sending the nurse as well. I'm sending pictures of my tonsils to my sisters. Like they're, yeah. you know, they're like, what's a cover letter? I'm like, well, how do you draw blood? Like, ew. So, yeah. but during this time, during the first like diagnosis of my grandfather, my sister was still in college and I'm older. I'm six years older than them. Hey, Nicole, I know she listens. She got a book that's like this thing. And I don't even, I think you've, you've, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called How Not to Die. And it's by Jean Stone and Michael Greger. And well, since then, Nicole, I think she's, she listens. I love her. She, um, you know, she has chosen not to eat meat. Like this is, yeah. and this has to do with all of mental health. And I've asked her, I said, you know, what food causes anxiety? Is that connected? She goes, read every book in the world. And I can guarantee, I'll tell you it, it's all connected to the brain yeah. of what you put yeah. in your mouth. So yeah. yeah, I put it up here. Um, they have how not to die um, from a physician from the wildly popular website, nutritionfacts.org. So my father even read it also you know, obviously during this emotional trigger, mm. yeah. did it as well. My whole family, I'm the only one now who eats meat out of the family. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Not as much, but I totally see the, 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 the lifestyle and what uh, causes and effects it does to your body mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, I think we've got to be careful as well, not to go crazy because that will also send you insane like watching every single thing you eat and not allowing yourself any kind of grace if you go out for dinner or, or whatever it is. But it's just looking at looking at the choices and going, radio, 80% of the time I'm going to choose health. I'm going to consciously choose that. And 20% of the time, whatever happens, happens. You know, like it's not, I, I think, and that's something I've had to really learn as a, as a mother as well with my kids like because I can get a little bit oh don't eat that don't eat that because I get I do have anxiety around it and I think it's probably something I need to go and get some help with but yeah just just understanding that if you put fear around it as well that can cause a whole lot of problems as well so it's just about I, I don't really like the word balance but it's just about finding the happy medium and not beating yourself up if you like if you're out one day and say, even if you're a vegetarian, right? And if you're out one day and you're like, oh, man, I just, I just really want a burger. I, I say burger funny to you Americans. <laughs> I had a, um, I had an American nanny. She lives in Boston, actually. She's moved back to Boston. And every time I'd say burger, she'd be like, burger, <laughs> burger, you guys say it. <laughs> uh, sorry. Anyway, off track. Yeah, but just going, okay, well, I'm just going to eat that and then I'll just go back to what it is because that's what I feel like right now. And I think it's really important to tune into your body and what your body feels like because some people cannot eat meat and it's totally fine. And other people like my sister cut red meat out for a while. I did as well. And her iron levels dropped, like everything just went south for her. And as soon as she added it back in, everything improved for her. So I think also not putting people in boxes and just going, we're all individuals and what works for one is not going to work for the other or it might work for the other, but we're all individual and so we're all going to have different things that work for us and let's rather than be judgmental, let's just support each other to like do what's best for ourselves because there's enough of that judgmental rubbish in the world. We need to do what we can to support each other and if – if that means, you know, someone's a vegan, then, you know, 
go them. That's awesome. If that means someone's a vegetarian, go them. If that's someone that's paleo or keto or whatever, and that's really working for them, then great. Like, I'm just happy that people are actually caring about their health <laughs> and they're doing something about it. Like, I'm like, brilliant, like that you actually care. So, um, well, also, too, it's for us, it's all or nothing. You're either all vegan or you're eating burgers and, yeah. and french fries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, we don't give ourselves any forgiveness. And I was talking about this yeah. past episode with Kat around, you know, I have, I struggle with emotional eating and I need to learn to forgive myself more. But it's just that you're all or nothing, all in any aspect, right? Like, you could have some great pictures or you're an influencer or you're not, or you're, you know, you're all in or you're not. I'm like, I can't, you know, the expectations of life are so high to begin with. Can we just like, yeah, I'm going to still call myself a vegetarian, but I do, I will eat a meatball, not me personally, but I'm just saying like, you're right. You, you're so spot on. That's such a great aha moment. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's this, this having to fit into one category and not having any leeway around it. It's destroying people. It's destroying individuals and it's destroying relationships. We just have to stop. It has got to stop. Um, I think it's happening more because I spend a lot of time online because that's where my business is. I think it's happening more in relation to the perfectionism that's online. I'm seeing it more and more. People, they've just had enough. Like when someone is real and someone doesn't have a filter and someone is just like putting it out there and going, oh, I couldn't do it today, but I'm like here anyway or whatever message they're putting out there that is just like real and isn't filtered and scripted, the response they're getting is just like through the roof compared to like pretty styled, I'll say the right thing picture. Yeah, I think it's, I think it is shifting because it's exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. It's causing so many mental health problems, trying to get people to fit into certain boxes and they're not allowed out of them. So it's like, you know, what you're saying, like if someone says I'm a vegan and then you see them eating like a burger or, or some chicken or something like that and someone's like, oh, my God, but, but I thought they were vegan. Like, well, they are, but today they just felt like some chicken and that's it. That's what their body needed. And you know what? They might not eat chicken again for another year, but that day that's what they felt like. And at the end of the day, does it affect you? Not at all. So move on with your life. Like just let them do them and you do you. Just move on. We do have questions from listeners, but I want to talk about your second episode of your podcast. So Rosie has a podcast called The The Ruby Slippers, and your second episode is called Everything is a Lie. Mm -hmm. And I that was like the first one I clicked because I was just like, oh, my God, I've been feeling that the past year and more and more especially, especially here in America, the whole last year is everything that was in front of us was a tug of war in my opinion. So everyone relax. So, (laughs) so, you know, tug of war, whether it was around the election to COVID facts to, you know, everything in my life had an, an appeal. Yeah, right. It's this tug of war and everything. And I know yours, yours was more about like the red pill, blue pill. Like I understand, but you know, every time we heard something, it was about a myth's truth. And you really gave me like different perspective on that. And I, speaking of that though, I would love for you to share a little bit more of your opinion on that for the listeners. Cause I found it really valuable. I guess for, for me, again, that, that came from my mom. Like when my mom went through what she went through and I listened because she was misdiagnosed initially and the doctor said, no, she doesn't have it. 
And so my mom was a nurse. So I grew up in the medical world and you believe doctors, you do what they tell you to do, all that kind of stuff. And I did, we did all of that. And now my mom's like at the final stages of her disease in a nursing home. Right. And so I'm like, well, that that's not true. Like you can't just because a doctor says something doesn't mean that that's the only option because look, we did all of that. And now look at where my mum is. So, and, you, and my sister's a nurse, so I don't want to, I don't want to come across being disrespectful to anyone. No, in the, not at all. But, but, but as an adult, you learn how subjective medicine is. Oh, absolutely. right. When you're a kid, this is what you have. Here's the lollipop. Here's the script. Here's your shot. Yeah. Day. But now totally. as an adult with trial and error, you're like, actually medicine is super subjective, right? Like someone can tell you something, but it's also based off of yeah, opinion totally, and, text, totally. you know, and balances and things like that. When I started researching like chemicals and stuff like that that affect your brain and I would look them up and I'd look at what products they were in and I would look at the companies that were marketing them and I was just like, you're lying. You're lying. You're lying about these deodorants. You're lying about these perfumes. You're lying about these skin products. You're li- like everything. It, I can still remember. I remember where I was sitting. I remember like having this moment where I was like, is anything true? Is anything that I've seen on the TV, any of the ads, any of the magazines that I've read, any of the celebrities that I've watched, because, you know, as a teenager, that's you get caught up in that whole world. I was looking at all of that and I'm like, everything's a lie. Like, I've got to go back and I was really cranky because I was like, I've got to relearn everything again. Like, damn it. (laughs) And it really just made me look at everything then. Like, it was like opening Pandora's box. Like, once, once I started, it was just like, well what else aren't they telling us about? Because I was, I was like, honestly, (laughs) I was such like a mainstream, you follow the system, you check those boxes. Like I was, I was a champion for it. And then like all this stuff happened. And the more I investigated, I was just like, it's not true. It's not true. It's just something that people made up. Like even um, have listened to any of Russell Brand's stuff that he puts out, but he put a really good, it was a while ago now, you'd have to go back and search for it. But on his Instagram, he puts like 10 minute videos and he put a talk out one day and you have to like, if your mind isn't open, just don't even bother because it will like, I don't even know that it will enter into your brain, but he was talking about, well, look, everything's made up really. When you think about it, he said, what makes Africa, Africa, someone made up a name that said Africa and divided a line down here. He said, that's not real. He said, it's, it's made up. Money is made up everything is made up like and I was listening to him and I'm like okay okay brain it's okay it's okay don't freak out (laughs) but it is like when you think about that and you're like okay like even you know the whole oh my gosh when I start talking about women and women's bodies and stuff like that like the whole nine to five job thing like who made that up like who made who made that up oh my god Rosie I say that all of the time Mm. I can't scream because then all the audio will get really gross in people's ears, <laughs> but I want to scream at the top of my lungs. I always go, who invented the nine to five? Why not eight yeah. to 12? Like who, yeah. who invented, who show me the algorithm to the numbers that nine to five was productive, right? Cause it, mm. to me, I'm like, it's gotta be a productive algorithm thing. Some yeah. boring man made up. Like- it is. But like, honestly, when you understand a female's body and you look at even more so now, I'm just, I look at everything that's made up and I'm like, oh my gosh, everything, literally 
everything we do is designed to cater to a male's biology, which for so long men were running everything. So it makes sense that it was set up to cater to them. But it's just like like just realising so much of what we're taught is a lie and we're just fed it and we're told to believe it. And I was never encouraged as a kid to question things. I was just told to like accept things. And um, I grew up in a very, very strict very very religious family and so I just had to keep my mouth shut and wear my dress and go to church and be seen not heard type thing now with my children from what I've learned I'm constantly encouraging them to question things like they'll come home and from from school or and like say something their friends have said I'll and I'll just say well you know what do you think about that is that true to you like do you think that's true or or like even when they come home from school, like one of their teachers said to them, well, you know, when you finish school, you go to university and you get a degree and then you get a job. And because one of my girls came home from school and she was really upset. She's like, but if I don't do well in this exam and they're in like, this is like junior school, right? So talk about putting unnecessary pressure on kids. But she was like, if I don't do this exam, I can't get into university. And I said, honey, you're nine years old. You don't know what you want to do yet, do you? Like, do you know you're going to need a university degree? Because if that's not something you want to do, you might not need to go to uni. Like you might need to train somewhere else or maybe you finish school and you're like, you know, actually I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to travel or I just want to just chill and have like maybe a little market stall for a year. Like, and I say to them, like, that might be your teacher's story. Don't let someone else put their story onto you because it's not what she said is not the truth. It's just an opinion. And I'm very big with my kids saying, you know, this is an opinion. It's not a fact, which works really well when it backfires on me. And they're like, well, mum, that was just an opinion. It's not a fact. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I'm teaching you really well. You cut your sass out. But yeah, I just think it's, it's so important to ask questions and specifically for women we have been silenced we have been shut down for so long on a cultural level only really in the last like 70 years are we coming out of this there are some cultures still now where women are nothing and our voices have never been valid and so we're fighting all of that I don't like to use the word fighting because I think women are just I don't think, I think, yeah. Can I share something with you? Yeah, I'd love that. So the, I'm going to, I, I know you, the, the vocab you want to say, and I actually shared this with someone else last night. My mom said something to me recently and said, in my generation, my mom's birthday was yesterday. I think she turned like 64 or something like that. Yeah. But so let's just say yeah. she's older. <laughs> Sorry, mom. But, <laughs> you know, she said, my generation was just deal. You just deal with it. Oh, you have a bad boss. Oh, you just deal with it. Oh, you have, you know, a bad coworker, whatever. You just deal with it. Or these policies were made in government against women. You just deal with it. And she said, your generation, you don't deal. You've decided that you don't have to deal with it. And she goes, you don't let the women who went to jail for something now mean nothing. Mm. Don't deal. Yeah. And I like everything just stopped for me in that moment. We were in a bar and literally everything just froze over because I could see in her eyes, like 
that was the true, like it just was so true for me. So you're right. Not fight, but we're not dealing. Anyway. Yeah, totally. Just, and it's just not tolerating. And it's just to stand there and, and saying, you know what, actually my voice is valid. Actually, what I have to say does matter. And actually I'm going to say it and that's it. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and the fact that women were suppressed, that is also a lie. Like when I say, when I said in that episode, everything is a lie. I'm like, well, who made up that women, women's voices aren't valid? Who made up, you know, the nine to five, who made up that, you know, you have to spray deodorant on every single day. Like that was a period of my life where I just started questioning everything. And I, and I went from being this absolute cheerleader for the mainstream, everything to now someone that like, I'm, I will always stay open. And I think it's really, really dangerous when you pull yourself so far to the other side that you're not willing to hear anything apart from the like one side's view. I think it's really dangerous to do that because if you do that and the other and the other side that you maybe you have moved away from does come up with something that is amazing or a really valid point that you you can miss out on so much and you can set yourself up for a really big fall. So I I never ever encourage people to get so far to one side that they can't even see or hear. I just say stay open. Stay open and listen to everything and just feel into what feels right for you. Like not people just not listening to things because a certain person said them or it came from a certain, you know, it's the same with, with racism and stuff like that. Like someone of a person of color can have like a really good opinion about something and then, but someone doesn't like people of color, so they don't listen to it, but they could just miss out on something amazing and vice versa. People of color, if they didn't like someone that was white, and I'm sorry, I know that's a really thing in the States at the moment. So I hope that by saying that I'm not being disrespectful because there's absolutely no intention there at all. But just an observation is I'm just watching from another country's perspective, right? Watching what's sort of going on over there. And I'm just like, why isn't anyone, can we just not stop and listen and go, okay, well, actually, maybe you do have some valid points here. I don't agree with you here, but that was really valid. What you said there was really valid. And I'll take that on board as for the rest of it. I'm not going to, I just say, you know, look at it like a buffet, but you have to be open. You have to stay open. If you don't stay open, you close yourself off to possibilities, to opportunities, to new learnings and it just losing the labels of, of everything, you know, and and just going, okay, well, what has this person got to offer? I'll see. I might learn something new just coming from that space. I might learn something new. Um, So, you know, like with what happened to my mum, I have very, very strong opinions now in relation to medical intervention, what you do need, what you don't need. Because she, my mum had depression and anxiety for a long time and was medicated for it for years. And like so much stuff contributed to her getting sick, but constant use of medication was definitely one of them. And so now I have a very, very strong opinion about people using antidepressants um, and anti-anxiety meds. However... I know someone that is very, very important in my life and I found myself at the end of last year recommending them to go on antidepressant medication because of how much they struggle with depression and anxiety and how much it was impacting their life. So 
for me to say that, knowing what I know, knowing what my mum went through, it was a really big thing for me to say that. But I all I commit to myself, I'm always going to stay open. I'm going to stay open and I'm not going to shut myself off because excess use of medication contributed to stuff with my mum, but it doesn't mean it doesn't have a place, right? Everything has a place. It's just not abusing it. It's not using one specific thing as a lifestyle. It's staying open and looking at different things and then choosing what's going to be best for you. And I think I think that's where when I was talking about, you know, going to like I find a lot of people will start finding out about things like the chemical world and pharmaceutical companies and, you know, profiting off people's sickness and, and stuff like that and the stuff they do to like market drugs to you and stuff like that. And they go so far to the other side that one day they might actually need something and they're like, I'm not even going to go there because of them. And I'm like, no, 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 you've gone too far. Like just come back and stay open. Just, yeah, stay open. In relation to everything is a lie, I would just say if you are not asking questions, start about everything, everything. It is just, it's so important. It's so important to question. So I have some questions from the listeners. I told them that I was going to be speaking to you. So I have them. They're all based around hormones and the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. So the first question that I have is that, can you clearly define the phases of your cycle and what do they mean? What days do they happen, etc.? Okay. So yes, I can. The You have four different phases of your cycle. So phase number one is called follicular phase. So that starts the first day that you've stopped bleeding right and that goes for between if you've got a normal hormonal cycle it goes between seven and ten days so that is the phase where your hormone which is your hormone that will basically give you energy is estrogen so that is the phase where estrogen starts to grow and gets ready to peak getting close to ovulation Uh, phase two is ovulation it is where you you ovulate where the egg is released comes down and is available for fertilization so that's a five-day period that is where estrogen is absolutely peaking along with testosterone coming in as well so you've got heaps of energy and testosterone i call testosterone time to party so heaps of energy and it's time to party you will feel really good straight after ovulation has finished so it's between uh, four to five days ovulation you estrogen testosterone like exits the building and estrogen starts to drop dramatically and you head into phase three which is luteal phase so luteal is seven to 13 days depending on your cycle and luteal phase is where estrogen is dropping but then you have a hormone called progesterone come in and progesterone which I love teaching people this about progesterone because that part of our cycle gets such a bad rap. Like that's where you get all people say, oh, I'm PMSing or I'm just like moody, I'm this, I'm that. Progesterone is actually all about keeping you calm, peaceful and productive. That is progesterone in full swing. So if you're not feeling that on on that phase of your cycle, so just as you're leading up to menstruation, that is a very, very high indicator that you have a hormonal imbalance, that you have something going on with your hormones that needs addressing. And then phase four of your cycle is your menstrual fa- menstrual phase. So that's when we're bleeding. So bet- anywhere between five to seven days is what is considered like healthy for women to, to, um, 
to bleed. And during that phase, all of your hormones kind of like not completely check out, but they are very, very, very low. So in relation to what's going on with your body there, your energy will be low, your tolerance for things will will be low because funnily enough, when you have lots of progesterone in your body, because of the productiveness and the peacefulness that it's supposed to help you feel, you can tolerate things quite well. But progesterone does, it starts to drop. Progesterone and estrogen start to drop as you are getting closer to your menstrual, to the, to the bleed. So you will find that your tolerance levels just before you start to bleed will start to wane, but it shouldn't be extremes. There shouldn't be extreme swings or anything like that because it should go quickly into, into menstrual. Yeah, I have PMDD and it is definitely not normal. I totally understand that, you know, for sure. What are some non-hormonal birth control tips? And then how do you track it slash ovulate when you're not on birth control? Non-hormonal birth control tips, number one, and I know that when you're in a long-term relationship, this can be like a bit of an eye roll, but condoms... If the best thing you can do though, is get to know your body and get to know your cycle. So by tracking it. So there's an app that I use called my flow. It is the best, the best tracking app ever. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's like $3. It's probably less for you guys because that's us converted to Aussie dollars. So it's probably less over there. It, it takes you through, it tells you what phase you're in. It tells you when you go to a new phase, it gives you recommendations. It's brilliant. It's so good. Uh, so I record, would recommend tracking it. If yes, you are- it's by um, the woman, uh, what's her name? Oh, you just cut out. Yeah, Alisa, Alisa. Alisa yes, I have used oh, this before. Yeah. It is incredible. Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yes. awesome. She's, she's amazing. She's incredible. Yeah, so- Tracking your cycle, but also if you're really, really concerned or not sure when you ovulate, taking your temperature. So you get an internal thermometer and you take your temperature, like track it every. So I would say if you do it for like three months, just take your temperature daily, track it. You'll, you will see when you're ovulating. The temp- your temperature will tell you when you're ovulating. Honestly, for me now, I can feel myself literally like turning a page, going from phase to phase to phase. I'm so in tune with my body, particularly going from ovulation into luteal. I go from like high energy and I can do heaps of stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, I just don't really feel like talking to anyone. I just want to work. Everyone give me space. That's what I need to do right now. So yeah, I'm, it's when you start to know your body more, um, it will become a lot easier, but yeah, taking your temperature and I would be saying using protection and withdrawal methods and experiment and be creative <laughs> until you're until you can completely understand your body and then once you do like I know women like one of my friends she just she got pregnant last year and she hadn't been on any birth control she'd been in the same relationship for I think seven years and she hasn't been on any birth control for that like no she's been in the relationship for eight years she was on birth control initially so seven years um, without it and she fell pregnant the first time they tried and there was no whoopses or anything like that because she knew her body, she knew her cycle, she tracked it. And when you know when you're ovulating, you just avoid it. Like I know a lot of people fall pregnant like easily, but it's actually when you understand it, it's actually quite difficult. <laughs> there is a very small window available that you can 
get pregnant. So when you understand that, if you just avoid that week and just be careful either side of it until you fully understand your body, it's totally, totally, totally doable. Totally doable. In my opinion, I think birth control should never, ever be offered as a first option. I would, I think that people should be given like a plan. I think, I think that by doing that, it encourages, it, it's empowering for women. Okay. I want you to track your cycle. It's teaching them about their body. It's telling them to get in tune with them. It's telling them to learn. This is when I'm ovulating. This is how I feel when I'm ovulating. This is how I feel when I go out of ovulation. Like we are just so out of touch with our bodies. We are so out of touch with what's going on inside of us. And our bodies are constantly trying to speak to us and tell us what's going on. And we just outsource it all the time constantly outsourcing it and I I would love to see in the future the world that I hope to influence for my daughters to grow up in is if you go to a practitioner in relation to birth control that they say okay this is what we're going to do we're going to create like a three-month plan and we're going to be very careful for that three months but I want you to track your cycle I want you to tell me what what uh, symptoms you have if any because the problem with birth control as well is that it will it can mask a lot of hormonal um, imbalance symptoms that you have so if it does that what happens when you stop taking birth control it's like you know any band-aid that any any wound that hasn't been cleaned properly that you just keep putting band-aids on top of sooner or later you're going to take that band-aid off and you're going to have a really big mess to deal with right our hormones are exactly the same oh, I, I have like older women and women with endometriosis that have messaged me and they tell me that they use the marina like the the is that what you call it over there yeah the marina and knowing what i know about the marina i'm just like the second that thing comes out it is going to be like a floodgate of problems and i just i really wish more women would just tune into their bodies and trust their bodies and listen and go i have some stuff going on that i need to deal with right now because the more we keep ignoring it, like statistically, 80% of people that have autoimmune diseases are women. In the last 10 years, autoimmune diseases have risen by 50%. And the majority of people that get them are women because our bodies are completely different to the male body. Yes, we both have arms, legs, all that kind of stuff. Internally, hormonally, we are so different. We are so different. And as long as we keep ignoring that, we're just going to, women are going to continue to get burnt out, have all these problems. And it's just so avoidable. It's so unnecessary. But as long as we're outsourcing our bodies, then we're never going to be able to tune in and listen to what's going on. Sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent then. <laughs> I know you mentioned my flow, which I've used, which is amazing. Any other book recommendations? Alyssa's new book called In, Fl- in Flow by Alyssa Vitti. Go subscribe to her email I think, I'm not sure, In The Flow, I think that's her website. I can't remember. I just subscribe to her emails and I just read them every time they come through. She's an awesome source of information. Uh, the first book that she put out is called Woman Code. I like her new book better. Woman Code has been really good for a long time and I think it was a really great base book for her. But I think In, in The Flow or In Flow, it's like my Bible. I refer to it all the time. It was called I'm like constantly. Flow Living, right, or something like that? Or Oh, that's her brand, Flow Living. Flow Living. Oh, yeah, Flow- yeah, yeah. Does the book have like worksheets? Like, can you listen to it or is there like... Oh, no, yeah, you can listen to it. It doesn't have worksheets. You can listen to it so you can get it on Audible. There's also, I follow a lady on Instagram, Dr. Carrie Jones. 
she does quite funny stuff, but she talks a lot about hormonal stuff as well. I find her stuff really good, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there that are talking about the hormones and women's different hormones and that kind of stuff. The thing I love about Alyssa is that she doesn't just talk about hormones. She talks about your energy, how it's impacting your energy. She talks about it in a holistic sense rather than a medical kind of sense, if that, if that makes sense. She just gives it a, a more like everyday kind of a view. Whereas like I find a lot of the medical people that I follow, it's like your hormones are doing this, do this. Your hormones are doing this, do this. Where it's Elisa encourages you more to like feel in and tune in to yourself. Um, and I really, I, I really like that. So let's get into the female foundations. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my membership. So it's basically, I've created it because I wanted a one-stop shop for women to come to, to be able to learn about the foundations of what it is to be a female. So to learn about their biology. So I've done it very basically, like it's not like terminology that's hard to understand, but then I've also gone into food, exercise, because you need to change all of the, We don't need to, but if you want to live in alignment with your cycle, changing that as your cycle changes will give you optimal health. So different food recommendations. So each month I, to my subscribers, I send out meal plans, meal plans, recipes, and shopping lists that are all cycle specific. So you get seven meals or recommendations per phase and I do all your shopping lists. And so that comes out once a month as part of your subscription. And then we've got all the content inside of it. We've got a self-care module where there's meditations for like each different phase of your cycle. There's, I don't know if anyone does EFT, like tapping. There's like a tapping thing that I take. It's called intention tapping. I find it really good for clearing emotions. I've got a yoga teacher that has recorded some phase specific yoga classes. And so they're all on there and I'm constantly adding to it. So it's just like this. So I have four daughters, right? And when they get older, they will be, well, they're already learning about it now, but I just want to, I've created it as a place that I would want my girls to go to learn about everything they need to learn about that is being a woman. Not fully like they don't need to do like a biochemistry class or anything like that, just enough so that they to go, this is my body. I know how it works and I know how to live in alignment with it as my hormones change. That's my goal with it. And so then we have different themes every month where we're bringing different um, people in to do masterclasses for it. So, and I'm, you know, staying, that's my thing. This month we've got uh, a woman coming in from the International Institute of Women and she's talking about the female brain and how the female brain works as opposed to a male's brain because they're very different. And so this month we're focusing on female brain. Next month we're going all talking about the moon because how the moon phases and and your hormone phases and stuff like that. So we're doing that next month. I can't remember what we're doing the month after that, but we've got different themes for each month. So once people have gone through the content, obviously they'll still get their meal plans and stuff like that. But I want, I want communities really important to me. I love bringing women together. I love gathering women together and connecting everyone, especially like-minded. And so I want to have something each month where we can come together, listen to a masterclass, have a chat. And um, yeah, so that's Female Foundations. That's my fifth baby. So Rosie, coming to the end, we ask the same question for everyone who comes on the podcast. 
And that is, what is one thing that you've experienced that everyone should go through? I would say a really, really, really big heartbreak, a really big heartbreak. And I would say to experience it in its full capacity, just lean in. Because when you go through a really big heartbreak, and like for me, my biggest heartbreak has been losing my mom. Going through a heartbreak and allowing myself to go through those emotions and feel all those emotions has given me the greatest gifts, the greatest learnings, the greatest lessons, the biggest motivation to make each day count. And if I just played it safe all the time and hid my feelings and didn't take risks and didn't allow myself to open and to love, then I wouldn't have experienced heartbreak. And while it is very painful, it's also very helpful for living a full-hearted life as well. To listen to the Ruby Slippers podcast with Rosie, you can listen on Spotify podcast or my tuner. To learn more about the Female Foundation, go to rosynearney.com. We are so excited for your membership. So Rosie, you are so wonderful. I am so glad that you were able to come meet with us today. I know you're sitting on your family vacation at 6.30 in the morning in Australia, but you are so motivational. You make me feel like every doubt that I've had that I spoke to you about is like, okay, like other people go through that and it's all right to, to, you know, be your truest self. Like you're, you're truly amazing. You are unofficially a lady with lions. Welcome to the community. We are so happy to have you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. I loved it. It was such a good chat. I loved it. I love meeting like-minded women who have the intention to empower more women in this world and to give women permission to say, you know what, I matter, what I want matters, and I'm going to go after it. So thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone who listened. Thank you to the listeners for the questions as well. That was awesome. Thank you.